Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to another episode. This was supposed to be done yesterday, but uh, if you live in Canada, or if you know what's going on in Canada, uh, yesterday we had a 14, 15 hour um, power outage uh, for most, for many people actually, yeah, 15 hours uh, in total. And uh, I unfortunately happened to be with Rogers, like a lot of other people. And so, yeah, there's no way that we were going to be able to do anything yesterday. 11.30, uh, 11 o'clock, I think, is around the time when my uh, internet came back home. That was kind of too late. So, um, we were supposed to do this yesterday, but we're going to do it today instead. And we're going to talk about Fenki Dayon. Um, smash a like for Rogers. No, you want to smash a like for Rogers? Probably not. Um, but we'll talk about Fenki Dayon. We'll talk about the long saga that that, that, is, that has engulfed this whole uh, situation. And then we'll probably look into, into what the resolution might possibly be. Um, now, a lot of people probably already know this. And uh, one of the things that, that was talked about with Frank Leon, when this opportunity, we talk, actually talked about this right at the end of the season, which was around the uh, May, right? It was the end of May, is when it first broke that De Jong tonight is to Manchester United is 90% done. That was what Gerard Romero had said. And as United fan, I was really excited. I was excited because, um, because it was a quick deal. And the excitement wasn't about, about De Jong. It wasn't, the excitement wasn't about, you know, the fee or whatever. And excitement was the fact that this was a quick deal. Like 90% out of nowhere is something that we thought United would be doing. And 90% uh, in done, you know, it sounds like a very quick deal. And we're like, yeah, well, maybe a week, two weeks will be done, right? Because when you say 90%, that, that's, that's a big deal. And, and then the saga striped on and on and on. Um, you know, Frankie Dong didn't want to leave uh, Barcelona. I mean, you know, that's fair enough. He doesn't want to leave Barcelona. Barcelona technically don't want to let him go. There was the talk, well, they want to let him go because they're going to get money for him. Then it was, well, they're going to let him go because, you know, te tactically he doesn't fit um, into the team. <laughs> Sorry, I think coming down with something is also going to do this um, as quickly as possible. But um, yeah, so tactically he doesn't fit. Uh, there was those rumors. Uh, then there was, of course, um, the thought that Ten Hag came out and talked about a little bit about, uh, you know, about, uh, I mean, there was thought that Ten Hag really wants to stay on because he fits his style. And the saga just kept on dragging on and on. There was like faster feelings to be agreed, uh, personal terms haven't been agreed, this, that, this, that, it just kept going on. And now here we are, almost two months have passed and there's no resolution in sight. There's absolutely no resolution in sight. The whole deal, I think United fans have gotten fed up of this deal. They really have gotten fed up with this entire saga, this entire deal. And in the meantime, uh, you know, Barcelona have just kind of kept dying their feet. I don't think there's one person to blame. I don't think there's, I don't think it's, it's entirely the fault of Manchester United. I do feel United could have been quicker and proactive. If Tenag really wanted this deal done, the United should have gone, here's the money. You either accept it or you reject it, but let's not try and negotiate or haggle. What United have tried to do is in, in a complicated deal like this, the last thing you want is to be haggling and, and delaying, uh, you know, time. Right. And they've done that. They've kind of delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. Uh, you know, those start with Barcelona needing to sell before June 30. Apparently, that was something that was talked about. And then that, you know, deadline has now clearly passed. And apparently, they don't need to. There were economic levers and things like that. So that's what United should have done. It's put out the money that they felt was a fair valuation, obviously. And you go, here's the money. You either take it or you leave it. Right. Um, and you don't necessarily. And that's that's about it. Um, what they've instead done is they've tried to haggle a few add-ons or payments, this piece, that, you know, the, it's just, they've done their part, but I don't think they're entirely to blame. Barcelona, on the other hand, the issue for Barcelona is, um, and I, I don't know where this, I, I really don't know what Barcelona's issue really here is, because there's so many issues, it's hard to pinpoint what the correct one is. The fact is that they are in debt, they're in deep debt, right? But if you look at the transfer activity, you don't, you wouldn't think that they were in debt, I mean, they're trying to, they're trying to sign Lewandowski, 
They're trying to sign Lafinia. They've signed Kessia. They've signed Christensen on free transfers. Yes, but they're still trying to, trying to sign them. They're trying to sign Cesar Aspiliqueta. They're trying to sign Marcus Alonso. They've offered Dembele a new contract. Yes, it's lower wages, but they've offered him a new contract. So they still want to keep him. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it, okay, so, so the question is, if you, have, if you have all of this money to get all of these different players, and these players are not cheap, by the way. None of these players are cheap. Um, even the free transfers will be signing on bonuses. Their wages will be quite significant. Um, but they're still trying to sign players. So what So what is the issue with Frankie Neon either keeping him, they want to keep him, right? Or they want to sell him. They're getting a reasonable price. I mean, what's the problem? What's the holdup? And I just think it's, it's I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to understand what the issue is um, as far as Barcelona are concerned. Is it money? Is it, um, is it the fact that they want... You know, and I, sometimes in this public image as well, I, I don't. I think a lot of fans are upset that Frankie De Jong is leaving, and the fact, and I, and I think what has happened is they're trying to save face. They're trying to make it look like Frankie De Jong is pushing for a move. Frankie De Jong has come out and said he doesn't want to go to to Manchester. He doesn't want to leave Barcelona. He's very clear about that since he said, "I don't want to leave Barcelona. Barcelona is my dream club." He doesn't want to leave Barcelona. So if he doesn't want to leave Barcelona, how do you how do you force a player who doesn't want to go out? How do you force him out if you really want him out? Right, and I think Barcelona not trying to do that. They're trying to go. Well, we don't want to sell him, but there's a salary issue. So now you know you turn it with the player, and then the player says, "Well, um, you know, if he leaves, then they go. Well, you know, he didn't he didn't agree to a pay cut. We thought he would do it for the club, right? Because that's the way it, sometimes it goes." Frankie Leon, by the way, is totally fair and reasonable to not want to take a pay cut. Nothing wrong with that. But I know Barcelona will try to spin it that way. Um, so that's one side of it. The second part of it, the really complicated part that has now come in, is the fact that he's owed wages. That he's apparently owed some 15, 16 million pounds in deferred payments uh, for his salary. 15, 16 million pounds. And, then, and, you know, and so, okay, so that's an issue. Obviously, you know, De Jong is completely entitled to not leave because, until he gets paid that money. Um, he wants us to want to leave. And to be fair, I, I get his point. I mean, if he leaves, you know, the Boston are never going to pay him for that amount. So if they're not going to pay him for that amount, surely he's got to stay and he's going to try to get that. He doesn't want to leave anyway. So he's probably going, well, you pay me the 15, 16 million pounds from the money that you're getting for me. And then I will leave. And Barcelona don't want to do that. They want to. They want him to basically not take that money. And now apparently there's new reports that he, that they're trying to get him to take 15% of the payments that are owed. I mean, it's, it's just a weird thing. If, you, if you're owed payments, how are you allowed to make signings, right? I mean, how how in what wide mind does any club or does any regulatory body come out and say, well, yes, you can you can sign 60 million pound players like your senior, but you but you know, but you're okay if you don't pay 15 million pounds in wages. To a player, I just I don't get that. I honestly don't get it. Somebody can explain that to me in the comments, free to do that, but it just doesn't make any sense, does it? Um, so 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 he's owed that payment now. He doesn't want to leave until he gets that payment. Um, and so United are kind of waiting on that. The problem on United's end, of course, is the fact that uh, you know they have a very limited budget to work with for whatever reason, and so Fenke was supposed to be a part of that budget, and so they were waiting to get an answer from him before they knew how much money they had left. Now they've kind of you know decided okay, we'll move on other deals, but it's kind of too late. They, they messed up their transfer window as well. Um, but really, I don't want to talk too much about United, but uh, they have messed up the transfer window. So now they're waiting. The thing with De Jong and Man United now is, you know, and, and, I, and I, somebody, and, I, and it was Mark Goldberg who made this analogy. It was really good, actually. It was a good analogy they made. It was when you're standing in a queue, and sometimes you stood in a queue for so long, you know there's a long queue, and you kind of got into it, but then you stood for an hour in the queue, right? And, and, and maybe there's another two hours still to go before you get to the counter. You now decide, I waited for an hour. Do I wait another two hours and get my stuff? Right or, or you know and you know and make and, and, and make that one hour mean something or do I just walk away now and realize well I've, I've saved two hours and so I, I think that's where United are at the point do they do they uh, they've spent two months on this deal they've got another two months before the transfer window closes do they want to spend three and a half months 
on this deal because I don't think it's getting done until, until close to the end of the transfer window. I really don't. One way or the other, I don't think it's getting decided until then. Uh, so do they wait and make that those make the two months that they wasted mean something? Or do they go, well, you know, we wasted two months on this. We're probably going to waste, have to waste another two months, which we can't afford to. So let's move out. So they've got to look at it from that way. Either it's embarrassing for Man United. But from Barcelona's point of view, um, I think they want to sell him. I think they want to sell him. I, 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 I just think all of that, what Laporta has said, is lip service. I think they want to sell him. And they want to sell him because they know they can fund other purchases from that. The issue that they have at Laporta, the problem for Laporta is the same that he had with Messi, right? He wanted to keep Messi. But at the same time, he knew that they couldn't afford him. So the, the way that they made it was that they, you know, Laporta is a, is a master of spin, right? I mean, he's, he's someone who can, you know, I mean, we talk about the Glaciers being bad, and Laporta is right up there in terms of spin masters. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a master of spinning things around and making Barcelona look like a really, um, you know, um, like, 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 like this noble club. And he's very good at that. And I think Laporta is trying to do that with, with De Jong as well. But he's basically making it seem like, well, we want to keep him. We want to keep this player, but this player doesn't want to do it for the club. Like he's not, he's not, he's not trying to help us out when we need him to. And so I feel that's where this is right now, where Laporta is basically trying to make it seem like De Jong is pushing for a move. But by way of, by dint of, of De Jong not doing um, things that no normal human being would do, right? Uh, so, you know, if I was in the position, I would say, no, I want my, I want my money. <laughs> I want my money. I'm not going anywhere. I want my money, right? But they made it that way that we want to keep him. But there's salary issues. So, you know, if he, if he agrees to salary issues, we'll keep him. We want to keep him, but salary issues. And so that's the way it is. So, so I feel the is trying to spin that. And he's trying to spin it in a way where they can kind of make it seem like they almost greedy and left or, or that, you know, Barcelona just couldn't afford to keep him anymore and all of those things. So I do believe, I, I remember actually, the actually even last season made this comment on Messi when Messi left. He was like, I just wish Messi had said he would play for free. I expected him to say that. I hoped he would say that he would play for free. It's illegal, by the way. He couldn't have played for free. But still, I think that's the point of the way he talks is like that, right? Like imagine, imagine, imagine a player, imagine a CEO or an or a president just saying that he would wish that he wished that his best player and probably one of the best players the world has ever seen uh, would play for free, right? I mean that's that's the way he is. So I, I think that's where um, I mean they're that not on that level, but I think they will ultimately be that. The, the problem though, and now there's a third club involved, which is Chelsea. And we come to Chelsea. Chelsea. Are basically trying to negotiate for Marcus Alonso and Cesar Aspilicueta to go to Barcelona. So it's a very simple deal there that you could do. Is where you could because because Barcelona is strapped for cash, they could just use that and go. Well, you know, the young is available. Do you want him? Do you wish to take him? Now, according to latest reports, apparently the young is not interested in going to Chelsea. I got BS on that. I got BS on that. I, I you know I, I, if he is willing to go to Manchester United, he'll be willing to go to Chelsea. I don't think there'll be any any difference there. The, the, what, what those reports are saying, I, I can completely understand De Jong saying he's not going to go to Chelsea because he's going to stay at Barcelona. That is completely understandable. But if those reports, if there are any reports that are saying that he wishes to go to Manchester United over Chelsea, those are bullshit. Those are completely false. There's no way those are true um, because there's not, you know, you, you, you'd rather go to Chelsea than go to Manchester United anyway. Uh, so why not? Why, why would you not go to Chelsea? I mean, they're going to be in the Champions League. They've got a great manager in Thomas Tuchel. It's a much more settled team as well. And, um, you know, just in general, I think, you know, you, you'd rather go to Chelsea or Manchester United. There's no reason why you would not. Unless you want to say Barcelona, but then in that case, you don't want to go to Manchester United anyway. So, I, I think um, I think so. I, I think that's an easy deal to do. The issue again goes back to the, the to the issue of deferred payments. As long as that deferred payments is not resolved, I don't think Deong is going anywhere. Um, and when that is resolved, they might very well look at it and go, well, Chelsea, do you want him? Because, you know, then they get those discounts and those uh, transfer fees that they are paying as well. 
So that, that's where it at, where that's where it is at at the moment. I don't see Chelsea, I don't see Leon fitting in a Chelsea though. I should put this uh, as well as that. I don't see uh, Leon fitting in Chelsea because I remember I think it was Adarsh or Gaurav, I think it was who said that he's basically another day, uh, he's basically um a version of uh, Jorginho. And I think that's wrong, by the way, but he did mention that his style is a lot similar to Jorginho. I don't think Jorginho is a ball carrier in the way that De Jong is. De Jong is, is much more of a ball, ball carrier. They both, are, they both like to be deep-lying playmakers. That's true. But De Jong can also carry the ball, which I don't think Jorginho can. So, I don't think they play similar. But the fact is, you can't really play De Jong in a midfield two unless you're playing a, an out-and-out CDM next to him. Um, so that's something that, that Chelsea and Chelsea do play with the midfield too. They're normally mid, the normal midfield too is usually Kante and Kovacic. Um, so that's how they play. You could possibly play Leon Pesa Kovacic, maybe. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know if that midfield would work. And the thing is, Kante also needs to be sold. So, or not be sold, but his future needs to be resolved. Um, so I, I don't see Chelsea fitting in unless they then go and buy another defensive midfielder. So unless they, the plan is already to do that, um, I, don't, I don't see him fitting there. Uh, and um, not that I see him fitting in Man United, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I don't see him fitting at Chelsea in the way that Chelsea played. So the question is, how do you how do you fit in? And not to forget, they still have the Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Gilligama, um, possibly Conor Gallagher might be able to play in that position as well. Because you potentially got six players, um, you know, not not counting Ross Barkley, but they've got potentially six players for those two spots. They probably they probably are going to sell at least one or two of those midfielders. But unless they sell those one or two midfielders. I don't think there's a spot for, for De Jong to come in. So I, I, I don't see De Jong moving to Chelsea. I don't see him moving to Chelsea because um, of, of the issues around the midfield area. The fact that his wages are pretty high as well. And the fact that I, I, I think De Jong will, will um, you know, I, I, just don't, uh, I just don't see Chelsea making an investment. I can see the deal happening if Barcelona push for it, but I just don't see it happening. You know, from a playing point of view, I don't see, I don't see it happening. Um, and so, therefore, where does where does Frankie De Jong end up? I think he will end up staying at Barcelona. I think he will end up staying at Barcelona against his will, against Laporta's will, at, at least until close to the end of the transfer window. And I think this is one of those sagas that I think close to the end of the transfer window, there will be a break where I think, you know, Barcelona will probably go, you know, this is this is where we're at, right? This is where we're at right now. Um, do we keep you? Do we sell you? If we keep you, this is the issue. If we sell you, so we're going to try and sell you. And they, will, they will come to a negotiated compromise. I think that's where... That's where that will go. Where he will go after that, that's a big question. I still feel United, you know, um, look like they might get him. Uh, and the reason why I feel like that is because United are the only club that could perhaps work with the restrictions that Barcelona have, that could work with the conditions that Barcelona have. Uh, I don't think any other club really wants to. I, I, yeah, I mean, when you look at the other clubs, does Manchester City need him? No, not really. Do they want him? No. Um, does PSG, would PSG, does PSG really want him? No. Uh, I mean, they could do with him. But I just they already have enough player. I don't, I don't think I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna go for a player like that um, at the moment. And uh, I and we're talking about Chelsea, Liverpool have no interest in that. Spurs have already some players. I don't think they're gonna look for him. I don't think he fits the way Conte plays anyway. And um, then you get into you know Bayern Munich. Uh, no, not really. I don't see Bayern Munich going for him, especially if they're going for the league. And of course, Serie A. And I I don't see any Serie A clubs. Really, I mean, it's just the price tag as well. It's not a small amount. I mean, a lot of people say 56 million pounds, but it's actually 76 because you also got to include the add-ons. The add-ons will have to be paid at some point, right? Um, so you're still including that as well. I don't think Serie A clubs do those kind of deals anymore. So, you know, it's, it's still, it's, it's hard to see any other club other than Manchester United, uh, you know, getting him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's where, if he's going to end up, that's where he's going to end up. But this, this still is, the saga is not going to be solved until the end of August. That's what I feel. And that's fan of board. And, that, and, that, and, then, and that is the biggest reason 
why we want, why I was excited. I really didn't want to sign, sign with Manchester United anymore. I really wanted us to go for cheap players, young players, unproven players, you know, 20, 30 million pound signings. You know, players were talented, by the way. I'm not saying that these are players who are not, you know, I'm not saying we build a squad of 11 McDominis, um, but more players that, you know, are talented, but are not necessarily, not necessarily been given that opportunity at the top level yet. They're still there. There's still something to prove and they're not on the radar of the big clubs. It requires a little bit of scouting, but it can be done. And that was, was what I was hoping for. But then this deal, the reason why this deal appealed was, well, it seems like a decent price and you can do it within a week or two. So it's like, well, that's good. You know, that's, that's the change for United, right? But has tried on for two months and all the good parts. And it's still a high price deal. It's still, you know, a long saga. It's still something that has held everything up. So to me, that that has taken me away from this deal. So um, whether it happens or not for Manchester United, I think it's it's an embarrassing. I, I just think it, it's... Um, it's not a deal that's uh, that's worth. Do- it's not. It's not a deal that looks like it was worth doing anymore. Let me put it this way. Um, and maybe they will do it. Maybe they will. And maybe they should. But the reality. And maybe now they can't back away from it anyway. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like a deal that's uh, that's worth doing anymore. But anyway, let me know in the comments. What do you think? What do you think about this uh, transfer saga? What do you think about Frankie Dion joining Manchester United, joining Chelsea? Or do you think he's going to stay at Barcelona? Let me know in the comment section. Always love to hear your thoughts. Happy to have a discussion as well there. Um, if you did enjoy this video, do remember to smash a like uh, and also share your comments, of course. And remember to subscribe to our channel on YouTube and follow us on Facebook. As I mentioned uh, two days ago, we've just crossed 700 subscribers on, uh, on Facebook. We want to keep going that. We want to move on to the next uh, you know, milestone. So please do help us uh, by doing that. We're also creating very close to 160 subscribers on YouTube. So please do subscribe so we can uh, cross that milestone as well. Thank you so much for watching. Take care and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.